Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here for another week. I want to start off this episode by saying thank you. Thank you so much. I've received dozens and dozens of messages through email, DMs, LinkedIn messages, and with just so many of you saying that the episode last week was so helpful to you or that you appreciated it. I'm so, so glad that I did because to get the response that I got, it was just, it was validating. It made me happy to see that it helped so many of you. And it reminded me of why I'm doing this every week. And so I just am so grateful and and it really warms my heart to see so many of you impacted um, by what by the content that I'm giving you and and by sharing my story. And so many of you have actually gone through this recently or have gone through this in the past and or are going through it like in the present. And so it just made me think that there are some takeaways. And I know I shared this last week that there are things that I learned for sure from this experience that I wanted to share. So that is what this episode is going to be all about. What I learned things that I, or mistakes that I will never make again. And just in general, like, you know, the takeaways or the things that I kind of reflected on since, or like when I should say, yeah, really when I resigned, but really after resigning and having a moment to reflect on what, what, what went wrong. So before I get into that, I just want to remind you that so much of this podcast is reliant on those of you listening and sharing the episode. So I would so appreciate if you shared my podcast with a friend or a family member or a colleague, anyone that you think would really enjoy what we're doing here every single week. And if you are enjoying it, which if you're listening to this episode, hopefully that means that you're coming back every week to listen. I would so appreciate if you gave the show a review. You can do so on iTunes, Spotify, and a few other um, podcast platforms. But iTunes and Spotify are the, you know, really the most popular, especially for my listeners. So if you have a chance and you haven't already, I would love for you to give this show a five-star review if that's what you feel it is. If not, Maybe just let me know in the DMs instead of reviewing, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. I would just love if you could give this show some some positive vibes because I, you know, one of the things that I mentioned in the first episode of the new year was that I'm really trying to um, grow and exponentially grow the podcast. And that takes a lot of work, but it also takes a lot of trust in all of my listeners to really believe in what I'm putting out there and share it and like it and engage with all of the things that I'm doing here. And I promise you, I hear the feedback around wanting some training, wanting some content outside of the podcast, and I am working on it. So stay with me, hang in there. I have hopefully some exciting news coming in the next uh, few months, few episodes, who knows, we'll see. Keep listening to find out. But anyway, let's jump right into the content of this episode. So I shared last week that the first mistake that I made was that I never saw a job description. And I really think that this is 100% my fault because I didn't ask. And like I said last week, I was poached basically by a recruiter who I have a really good relationship with. 
and is amazing. Love what they do. And I love the company and I love the people at that agency. Anyway, they poached me and they were like, hey, we have this job. This is what it pays. This is the title. And I agreed to an interview. And the title was the same. Actually, this is going, we're going to come back to this because this is the second mistake that I made. And I'll, again, bookmark that point. I'll come back to this. So same title. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, same job responsibilities, no big deal. So I almost like didn't think about asking for a job description. And I want to be really clear that this is not any feedback for the recruiting partner or the agency, because actually I think this is super typical and normal in processes like this, especially with someone like with my background where I had worked in that job for a number of years. So in my eyes, this was normal. And I, what I should have done was I should have said to either the recruiter or my boss at the time, hey, you know, like while, during, while I was going through the interviews, hey, can I, you just send me a job description? And the reason why I think it's a mistake that I didn't ask for a job description or see a job description is because I would have realized that the job was different than what it was marketed to be. And I would have seen the scope of the work that I would have had. Now, this is the second mistake that I made that I want that I said I wanted to come back to. The second mistake that I made was that I didn't listen. The first thing that was brought to me was this job and the title and the pay. And the job at the time, the title was like senior HR manager, or senior HR business partner. And I didn't want that title because I had already been a director of HR. But what that should have told me when the title was made clear to me in the very beginning was that the job might actually be different than a director level and it might truly be a senior manager role and actually again in reality the job was not a senior manager role in my opinion it was a little bit more like hr generalist or um, hr business partner or hr manager and if you've listened to my previous episodes you know that a lot of these titles are very interchangeable and it's a matter of kind of like the scope of work not necessarily the title because some companies have different working titles within their organizations this happened to be a smaller organization. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this person is doing a whole lot of both, like senior level work and more of the, you know, day-to-day nitty-gritty type of work, which I was okay with because that's kind of just the way things work sometimes in smaller organizations. But this second mistake, not like listening to the title, is that I I think I applied this preconceived notion that you know, the job would be pretty much the same and I just didn't want to lose my title. Instead, I should have thought a little bit more critically and I should have said, well, hmm, like why is the job titled that and not director, for example? Is it because my predecessor was more junior or is it because the role was more, you know, junior? And when I say junior, I mean like more entry level. And what I didn't know my predecessor, so I can't speak to their you know experience, but the job definitely was more equipped for an entry level position in my opinion. So that and I should break down when I say entry level in HR, it's not a zero to two years type of thing. I'm thinking as a as a business partner adjacent role, it's really more of like two to three years. So it's like someone who's had some HR experience, maybe they've been an HR assistant, HR admin, and they've had some exposure to employee relations issues, or they've been a generalist before, and this is now their next step. This was definitely not the right job for someone coming from a director level role because the scope of the work was not 
the same. It just was different and that's okay, but you have to make it clear that it's different. And so while I did make those first two mistakes and not getting the job description and not thinking more critically about the original title before they agreed to match my title at the time, which was director, at the same time, and this is where I'm kind of playing devil's advocate for my own, you know, like criticism of my mistakes, is that they also did not portray the job accurately. And so this is where my third mistake comes in. During the interviews, and the interview process is so important, obviously for the interviewer because they're assessing candidates and things like that, but it's also really important for the candidate. And I I think honestly, I was in a moment in my career where I just needed something different because I had been with the same company almost five years and I really wanted a new challenge. Even though I loved what I did so, so much and the people that I worked with so, so much, I think in some ways, maybe I took that for granted, thinking that the grass was a little bit greener, but I didn't leave because I was unhappy. I left, I think, partly because I was unhappy that I didn't have more of a challenge and that, you know, so much of my job became COVID. And that was really hard for me because I lost some of the, some of the lighter elements of my role that I really was very passionate about. Um, But at the same time, I think I was so focused on growing and saying like, oh, I'm going to be 30. I need some, I need more growth. Like this is, this is the part of my career that means the most. I have to do the most growth now. And I'm aware that sometimes my, my ambitions can cloud my judgment a hundred percent. This is probably my, my biggest downfall. Like if I think about all of the mistakes that I've made throughout, throughout my career, all of the failures that I've had, 1000% it's been caused by my lack of critical thinking because of wanting more of an ambitious experience. And so what I mean by that is like, I have for sure sacrificed listening to my gut in order to be more ambitious or to go after something that was lofty. And sometimes that's okay. Like I think I'm not risk averse in that way. I think sometimes I take risks that are definitely calculated and I think about them. It's not like I'm just acting in a hasty way, but I definitely sometimes allow my ambitions to remove myself from thinking through like, well, what could the, what could the potential outcome be that's on the negative? Because I'm, I'm always looking at the positive. Well, if I do this and I make this big a jump, here is the benefit. But where are the cons? What could be what could be the cons associated? You know, and those are not always the questions I'm answering or asking. So in a way, I'm grateful that I had this three month experience because it was I don't want to say it was a mistake having the experience because I'm where I am today as a result of it. But I definitely think that I could have avoided this situation if I had even if I still wanted to leave my last my my job before this last one. I would have potentially thought a little bit more critically. I would have thought a little bit differently if I had really listened to these warning signs because those first two mistakes, there were warning signs there, right? I didn't get a job description and the title was not the title that I was currently in. So in theory, the workload would be different, but I wasn't thinking critically enough. So those were the two mistakes that I could have avoided. Now, the third mistake, which definitely was a a warning sign, for me that I ignored. And this is where I 
circle back to the initial point that I was making that interviews are so important both for the interviewer and the candidate is that in the interviews, I had a good experience, but I left without a lot of answers. And I specifically remember in, I want to say three out of four of the interviews, and this does not include the, you know, conversation with the recruiter or the agency. This is specifically talking about the interviews that I had with the internal team. I remember walking away from those interviews feeling so excited about the opportunity, but not actually having answers to a lot of questions. Like I remember when my husband or my family would say, oh, well, like, you know, what about this or what about that? And I didn't know. And I, when in my reflection of this whole experience to try and figure out what I did wrong or what mistakes I made, I realized that in the interviews, I wasn't doing a lot of talking or a lot of asking. I was doing a lot of listening in the sense that the person interviewing me or the person that I was meeting with was kind of mostly just talking about themselves and what they needed rather than sharing what I would be doing or, you know, what I would be getting out of the experience or the reason why, you know, it was a wonderful experience, for example. It was a lot of like, you know, this is the problem we have. This is what we're trying to solve. Um, What do you bring to the table? Not And like obviously asking me about my experience, but not really a lot of questions. Like I remember not asking questions about the experience in this role, the workload. I didn't really dig in. I think I was also listening a lot to the individual experience. Like I remember my, you know, then boss who was my first interview. I remember them really talking a lot about themselves. And that should have been a red flag for me because when I interview someone for a role, especially one that is framed to be super critical um, because they really, they had, it had been vacant for so long, I would normally say, listen, like, let's cut right to the chase. I want to hear about you. What are you looking for? These are the problems. How are you going to solve it? And I would probably expect the candidate to do the, the majority of this, the talking and for the candidate to have a lot of questions about you know, the experience in that role. And while I, of course, asked questions because I always ask questions in an interview, I think I mostly asked questions that are were a little bit more um, self-fulfilling, like, you know, what kind of benefits are there? What's the pay? Who's on the team? And I remember uh, asking or really mentioning, it was probably more of a mention, mentioning that I didn't want to be an individual contributor and I really wanted to have a team. And at the time, my then boss was like, you have a team, no problem. And this is where my fourth mistake comes in, in that I never met or connected with someone on the HR team during the interview process. And actually, I think this is a mistake because in HR, especially so much of our jobs are collaborative, but Honestly, in every job, and I think even in every job that I've had up until that point, I had always met with a colleague, like someone who would be a colleague, not just a partner like on the business side, but an actual HR colleague. And I think that 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 was a, a fatal flaw, so to speak, because if I had met someone who would have been a colleague on the HR side, then I probably would have had way more context as to what the role was and some of the challenges within the department and the organization in general, which did 
end up having a huge impact on my experience. And so I think it's so critical to meet with someone who you would be directly working with, whether on your team or, you know, meaning reporting into you or on the team beside you as a, as a peer. And even in my current role now where I'm working with Legion Technologies, I met with a, um, a colleague, a peer before receiving the offer. It was sort of a meet and greet. And so that was super important for me because I didn't ask for it, but it made me realize that that was something that I didn't have in this last role that I think definitely was probably a mistake. I mentioned before that there were some red flags that I potentially ignored. So I want to share what some of those red flags were. The first is that it was shared with me that it's taken a very long time to fill the role, which is normal, right? It's not necessarily a red flag, but it would have it should have, I should say, it should have been a red flag for me because the way that it was positioned is that the person shared with me that my then boss was very particular and had not found the right person yet until they met me. That, to me, is a red flag because you should have, if you have you know, a job open for a, more than a month, you should have met with top candidates that you either offered or wanted to offer within that span of time and they had not. And so that for me, it would have, if I had listened to myself, it would have, and I had thought, if I had thought critically, I would have realized that that was a reflection of the leadership at the time. And I think if anyone, if anyone listening has gone through an experience similar to this, think back to your interview process. Think back to the people that you connected with. Were there any signs like that? Were there, you know, I don't want to say hidden messages, but messages that could have required or or maybe opened up a bit more information for you if we had dug in deeper? Because for me, when I reflect on that, I think if I had said, oh, well, what is what is the, the leader in this situation? What is their particular nature about like why are they not uh, have they found top candidates before have you offered anyone because I think depending on the answers to those questions it would make me think way more critically about the leader um, and not just see the benefits to making the change and having a new opportunity for example and I think for those of you I know a lot of you have reached out saying that you're going through this now you know I, I would definitely encourage you to reflect on this now so that when you are interviewing for your next role because you're interested in leaving, because you're not happy for so many reasons, similar to mine, that you are not making the same mistake twice. And that is why I worked really hard to reflect on the mistakes that I made because I didn't want to just jump into another opportunity. And I know I mentioned last week that I had more to share about my current role, and I will definitely do that. Um, But the long and the short of it is that I had worked with Legion Technologies on the customer side while I was in my previous role before the three-month stint at this other organization. And I had an amazing experience. And I knew I had, first of all, I had amazing connections with people on the team at Legion, and I knew the culture of the organization. And so I had maintained those relationships like I shared last week. And so for me, I knew that inherently I was already not making another mistake, like the same mistake twice. But I definitely thought more critically because of this last experience. And so I knew 
no matter what, I didn't want to just leave for any other company. I wanted to choose specifically the company that I knew I would be happy to work at, not necessarily the job that I was doing, not necessarily the pay that I was earning, but specifically I wanted to pick the organization, which is why it was easy for me to pick Legion because I had such an amazing experience as a customer and I loved, loved, loved the team. And the mission of the organization is one that I care so deeply about. So it was just a perfect fit. And that's why I initially had reached out. And so here we are. And so if you are, I'm coming back to this point, if you are in this situation now where you're not happy in your role, you're not happy at your company, don't just make a change from bad to potentially worse. Make a change that's thoughtful and calculated so that you are avoiding you know, a potentially worse situation because the grass is not ever greener. It's just a matter of finding the right lawn for you. And so that is my analogy for the day. I just made that up. Hopefully that makes sense because it makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to you. So all in all, there were a number of things that I learned from that experience. And I'm super grateful, honestly, for having that experience because I definitely never want to make the same mistake again. But I also think that so many of us have gone through this and with so many changes in jobs because of the great resignation, reassignment, retirement, whatever we want to call it, because of that, I think a lot of us are chasing these dreams and chasing what is put out there, right? Like so many companies are becoming so much more competitive with their benefits and pay and offerings. But at the end of the day, if we're not looking at with at these companies with the same critical thinking as we apply to everything else, then we're going to miss red flags. We're going to make mistakes and we're potentially going to leave a good thing for a not so good thing or leave a good thing for an okay thing. And maybe that's fine. If you're thinking critically about your next move, then you're inherently going to make the right decision. I didn't think very critically about the next move. I think I was you know, a little bit romanticized by some of the benefits and the perks at working for this organization. And so for me, I can see why I made the decision to leave a really good thing. At the same time, you know, we we can't afford to necessarily make those decisions without thinking more critically. So my best advice at this stage, after learning and sharing these mistakes that I've made and hopefully helping you to avoid those mistakes, my next piece of advice and final piece of advice for you is to really, really take a step back. When someone offers you a job, you don't have to answer right away. And you should take that opportunity to really think about the pros and the cons. I feel like it's so millennial of me, so 90s kid of me to say, write out a pros and cons list, but write out a pros and cons list. I did it for my current job and I highly recommend it because actually it's one of the most objective ways that you can break down the offer and the situation and what you need, what you don't want, and what you're expecting and hope for. And hopefully these mistakes that I'm sharing with you are also pieces of advice that you can take away and walk away with so that whether you're going through a, a process now where you're interviewing or, again, if you're in a situation like I was in where you're looking to leave and maybe you feel a little bit of desperation to leave, you can at least, you know, hit a pause and think, differently about the situation and just make sure that you're applying, you know, an objective 
perspective to the situation so that you can avoid situations like this in the future. So I hope that helps. Again, you can reach out to me on any platform. My email is podcast at hrtracy.com. You can DM me on Instagram, on TikTok. You can write a comment on a post. If that's where your preferred method, you can also message me on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me any way you want. My show notes always include my link tree, which has a link to every single thing that you can imagine in order to get in contact with me. So please, please, please feel free. And again, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend, share it with a loved one, someone who you think would benefit from all of the discussions that we're having every week. So with that, I leave you with all of my mistakes and hope that you don't make the same mistakes that I made. But if you did, that's okay. As long as we learn from them, that's all that matters. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.